folks, free agent frenzy is almost over for most teams. A lot of squads have more or less filled out the bottom of their rosters or maybe even signed one or two major free agents, maybe made a trade or two. For the Jets, it's been a quiet offseason, but there are still a few names of interest that maybe the Jets might be investigating. We'll take a look at which of these free agents are actually worth pursuing and which ones have big red flags to say stay away. All coming up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. You're locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. On tonight's episode, I thought I would go to the bottom of the free agency group and take a look at what players are still remaining, which ones the Jets might be after, and honestly, if there's anyone even worth signing off the list. There are a few RFAs on this list, uh, maybe guys that the Jets might consider trading for. Maybe it's a little bit too expensive. We'll see which of those guys are actually worth pursuing. But first, let's start off with some UFAs. In terms of uh, defenders, you know, obviously the Jets' blue line is a little bit ragged. It's not been great over the past couple of years. And there is one particular player that actually would potentially have some connections to Rick Bonus. Maybe they are considering reaching out to this guy. And I'm, of course, talking about John Klingberg. Now, John is 30 at this stage of his career. And, you know, at one point, Klingberg was one of the most exciting, uh, fun, dynamic, right-handed defenders a great shot, excellent passing, uh, his lateral skating and agility were fantastic, and he was super fun and dynamic. Ever since he's kind of, you know, aged out a little bit, it's been clear that Klingberg just really isn't uh, like an elite number one defender. Honestly, he's probably more in the modest second pairing bracket now. Uh, his scoring and his offensive production don't really line up with somebody who you're looking for on your top pairing. Uh, his, his defensive impacts and shot impacts they are both pretty uh, mediocre, to be honest, at this stage. And so, you know, his last contract was a pretty big deal. It was uh, for seven years, and he made quite a bit of cash. You know, the last couple of seasons, he had around $6 million in salary. Of course, they, they uh, kind of backloaded the deal, and his cap hit was around $4.25 million or so per season, which, you know, when it was in his prime, it was pretty decent. But at this stage, you know, what you're getting with Klingberg, I would say he probably more comfortably fits somewhere in the three to three and a half million at most defender category. But I think the problem is he's going to want a lot of money. And I think, you know, with him, you have a lot of risks in terms of uh, age-related decline and honestly just his overall impact on the game. I think the Jets would basically be buying another Neil Pionk, although with Pionk, I think his issues tend to be uh, some structural things in this game over the years that kind of put him in a really tough spot. With Klingberg, I think he's just gotten older, and it's just clear that, um, you know, with the, with the additional responsibility that he was given and, you know, the amount that was resting on his shoulders, 
he just didn't really live up to the billing of the kind of defender that you would be expecting for, you know, paying closer to four and a half million or so. Again, like the contract before, it wasn't terrible, but now as a free agent, still in an age bracket, that's pretty decent for pretty big extensions. I just can't really see Klingberg really being the guy that I would want the Jets to pursue. I know that the right side is on the rougher end, but um, I don't really think John, for me, fits the kind of player that I want the Jets to pursue. I think the archetype that he used to be, yes, a really fun puck-moving two-way defender with a great shot and really sharp offensive instincts. I can sacrifice some defensive impact if it means somebody who's got really excellent uh, offensive ability and creativity. But that's no longer Klingberg. It used to be, but just these days, not so much. Looking ahead to some you know, forward options, of course, uh, the big one still remaining for me is Sonny Milano. I don't know why Milano hasn't been signed yet. There must be some negotiations on the back end with at least one team because uh, Danton Heinen just got signed with Pittsburgh. Um, apparently, per Ken Weave, the Jets had actually been in on Heinen and offered him a more lucrative contract than what the Penguins were offering. But I think with, you know, with Heinen, he was just kind of looking to go back to the Penguins. This is like a team that he's comfortable with. He knows he gets ice time with. And honestly, they're one of the top playoff teams. Uh, Mike Sullivan has an ability to make that squad look really good. So even though the Jets and several other teams offered him more money, I just think relocating from a squad like Pittsburgh for him was uh, maybe a little bit too much to ask which is kind of why Milano leaving the Ducks puts the Jets in a, a better spot, I think. I think Sonny would be a great fit for this team. He could easily slide in somewhere into the middle six. Um, and, you know, based on his transition game and his uh, play driving ability, I think that there's a really good player there. I would not mind signing him for like four or so years. Maybe give him like four to four and a half million. It's a little pricey for a player that maybe some people might overlook and think is just a depth guy, but I can promise you, He's probably more in like the Andrew Kopp tier of player, which uh, for the Jets would be awesome. I think Milano could be a really useful asset for uh, whatever remains of this playoff window. I got to be honest, I think the Jets are trying to still make it uh, despite just running it back with by and large the same roster. You all know how I feel about that. I'm sure you all have very many of the same feelings about this. But, you know, there's only so much the Jets can do with the squad as is. They definitely need to add somebody and I think they're going to have to spend that. The, this is the one thing that they just never like doing is spending money. But at some point, Winnipeg, you know, uh, the, the dam is going to burst with this team. And I think somebody like Milano is an investment I can get behind. I don't want them to just spend money on free agents that kind of look appealing, but don't really bring uh, much in the way of overall skill improvements or necessary traits to the Jets. I am in favor of spending money on players who are just good. If you're going to sign somebody and if you're insistent on trying to make the playoffs, you've got to bring somebody like Sonny into the fold because otherwise this group as is just isn't going to get it done. Uh, the only way that it would is if somehow Hellebuck goes like absolute beast mode and maybe bonus is able to harness something out of this group. But I got to be honest, that's uh, hedging your bets on a team that quite frankly it's just not really been good enough. And even when they made the playoffs the past couple of years, it's been pretty grim, right? Pretty short. So in terms of these first couple of free agents we're taking a look at, uh, Klingberg, one to definitely avoid. Milano is somebody that I would be interested in a lot more, though. And of course, there are still some more players out there, maybe even some restricted free agents that are worth pursuing in trades. We'll get to those in just a moment. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out one of our wonderful friends at Bilt Bar. 
those of you who have listened to this podcast a while, you know that I'm personally a big fan of Built Bars. I've had a lot of protein bars over the years, and most of them are just not very appetizing. Not surprising. I mean, a lot of them are dry. Uh, they have really nasty textures and honestly, just not that tasty, which is kind of why Built Bar is super unique. It's the only protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They're constantly bringing new flavors to the table, and they've just introduced another great one called Cookie Dough Chunk Puff. It's got a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, as always, covered in 100% real chocolate. It's uh, all of the joys of cookie dough with none of the guilt and hassle. It clocks in at just 160 calories and packs 15 grams of protein, much like many of other uh, Bilt Bar flavors out there. If you can't pick just one Bilt Bar flavor, be sure to check out the variety box, which comes with up to 12 different flavors. And as always, when you do, be sure to use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to get 50% off your order at Bilt.com. Again, at checkout, that is promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked on Winnipeg Jets. We are taking a look at, uh, of course, some free agents out there who might be worth Winnipeg's time and effort to try and recruit. Uh, before we go any further, again, just wanted to say thanks so much for making Locked on Jets your first listen of the day every day. Now, circling back to some players who are a little bit more on the modest side in terms of impact, but might be maybe a cheeky third or a fourth liner, I think Winnipeg could do some really good work by bringing in a couple of players. One of them is Johan Larson. And look, you know, Johan over the years, I think there were odd expectations for him. For a while, I think people, uh, especially like Sabres fans when he first joined, I think they were expecting this really fantastic um, attacking two-way forward, somebody with a really dominant impact on the game. And Larson didn't really bring that. Instead, Johan just kind of became like a really great defensive shutdown player, somebody with really uh, phenomenal defensive impacts, but it did come at the cost of offense. It's not like Lar Larson can't score or anything. It's just that that's not really his specialty. And with the Jets, frankly, needing uh, some really good depth players who can actually defend well and provide some PK ability, I think Larson would be a, a decent add. I don't know what he's going to be asking for. I, I can't really be that expensive. His last couple of contracts were pretty cheap. Um, his last deal was for like two years at $2.8 And if the Jets got him on something similar, I wouldn't really be upset with that. Um, again, you're not really asking uh, for like 30 or 40 points from Larson, but if he gets 20 points and gives you really good shutdown fourth line ability and PK specialty, I, I think that that would be quite honestly great value. I would be okay with that. And if Larson ends up being unhappy, I think it's an easy contract to move. And, you know, he brings a lot of veteran experience, maybe to a team that could use it. And I think Bonus would be a big fan of him. Another guy that maybe gets a little bit um, of under the radar attention is Victor Rosk. Now, Rosk, of course, he signed a deal ages ago with the Canes. It aged pretty terribly. But, you know, what you're getting with him is something similar to Larson in that he's another really good defensive impact uh, depth player. Did not play very many games with the uh, Seattle Kraken, just around 18 or so. Racked up eight points, which is not bad. I don't think he was playing a ton for them, but what you're getting with this guy is a solid two-way center. 
somebody who could anchor your third or your fourth line. I think what's nice with Rosk is that he adds a little bit more offensive flair and shooting and passing ability uh, than somebody like Larson. Again, I wouldn't really say that it's a major part of his game, but on top of some defensive work, I think he can maybe chip in 20, 25 points. Again, I think if you offer him something like one and a half million or two million for maybe a season or two, it's not a bad signing at all. Maybe a little on the pricier side, but of course, um, with the Jets, you do have to pay a little bit of a premium because Winnipeg's in Winnipeg, right? Let's let's not beat around the bush. I think the Jets know that recruitment is always a challenge. And, you know, adding a depth player like this, again, I don't think would be the worst. Winnipeg, for some reason, has an aversion to signing uh, decent middle six forwards for cheap deals. And it's kind of killing the team because, you know, you go past that top six and the bottom lines are, are really lacking any sort of punch. So, you know, Rosk and, and Larson may not solve every problem, but they allow you to add, add like a little bit, a little bit more balance and maybe even insulate some of your rookies that you might start integrating. So I think both could be really cheap ads and maybe even decent additions. Uh, they're going to be cheaper than like a Johan Larson. And look, you're not expecting, again, a ton of impact. But if uh, if rounding out your bottom like third or fourth line is your ambition, not a bad way to go. If you're wanting to get a little bit more spendier and looking for somebody who actually racked up a pretty decent chunk of points in his season with the Pittsburgh Penguins, uh, Erod Evan Rodriguez would be a very interesting signing. He's going to be looking for a pretty pricey contract extension. I would imagine something around $4 million or so, maybe a little bit more than that is probably what Rodriguez would be asking for. And in this case, it's kind of like in the same vein of like Sonny Milano. I would rather prefer Milano just because I think his traits um, and what he can bring to the game might be a little bit more effective, especially in terms of like transition play. Uh, Erod is a better finisher, though. He's just had a monster season um, relative to what you were expecting from him. Uh, They basically got him for nothing, uh, just one year at a million bucks. And he had what, like 40, 42 points, something like that in 80 ish games. So Rodriguez would be, uh, again, a really pricey ad addition. But like if you want a little bit more goal punch in your middle six uh, and you think you're trying to contend, especially for the Jets, because Winnipeg, for some reason, thinks that this is uh, an option for them to compete, then you would have to add somebody like Rodriguez. I think that his scoring touch uh, and his, uh, you know, his playmaking ability down low and near the slot would make him an intriguing option. I, I don't know if it's my first port of call just because, again, he'll probably be looking for a pretty decent chunk of salary, but it could be worse, right? I think it's a guy that would fit the Jets profile and certainly does address a need in terms of some finishing ability outside of the top six. One last player that I want to focus on that I've talked about before, uh, this is a Tyler Ennis, of course, and Ennis, for some reason, just never really seems to get uh, a ton of love with teams, but you know, despite being 32, he's still a savvier depth forward. His, you know, shot and on ice impacts have always been really good. And even as like an older player, he brings really good um, skill and defensive impacts. He's got great passing. He's not the fastest player, but I think he's very effective in in understanding how to position himself. He's got, uh, of course, a lot of veteran experience. And I think for the Jets, if you're looking for a fourth liner who is on the older side, Winnipeg always seems to bring in one of these guys every season. Ennis would be my choice. He's he's a little bit smaller, but he's crafty. He can you know operate in tight spaces. And I think for what the Jets are looking for out of a veteran center, I think he'd be a great fit. And honestly, he'd probably be pretty cheap. So keep an eye out to see if Tyler Ennis signs anywhere or if he actually finally retires. 
it'd be a shame. Um, I would hope that he sticks around a little bit longer, but you know, he has played a lot of games over the years and maybe he just wants to hang up the skates and uh, enjoy a nice retirement. But in just a little bit, we'll focus on some RFAs who might also be worth investigating. These guys, though, are going to be a little bit tricky because they are going to require the Jets to make a trade, and maybe one or two of them are not really worth what their teams might be asking. All of this coming right up in just a little bit. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are taking a look at uh, you know free agents and, and players that are still available on the market, but you know, obviously the Jets haven't been super, super active in free agency. It's been a little bit quiet, but there are still still some decent players available. We've talked about undrafted free or unrestricted free agents. Now we're taking a look at the restricted free agents. These guys, you know, they might still be involved in negotiations with their teams, but maybe the Jets could offer a trade package for at least one of them that would interest at least one of these teams. The first player that I want to talk about who is my personal pick to pursue is Jesper Brat. Brat is a monster top six forward. He is uh, one of New Jersey's best players. And I think if you're looking at uh, a guy who could really fortify Winnipeg's scoring wings and uh, offer like a pretty prolific um, shot creator, Brat is it. I don't know what his transition game is like, but I know in terms of like his offensive creation, he's just a monster. And in terms of finishing talent, he brings loads. I think Brat would probably be a little bit on the pricey side. I think his next contract extension has to be at least like five and a half million plus. Uh, it probably would end up somewhere around six to six and a half is my guess. Would he be worth it? I honestly would be interested to see. I think Brat is an awesome player. And I think despite playing on a, a devil squad that does have a little bit of a lack of talent up front, you know, he did have a monster season last year, almost a point per game. And for the Jets, um, Maybe he even starts pushing more towards Kyle Connor money. I think he does actually have a pretty decent track record of success. So if the Jets were to commit, you know, six and a half plus to him, I think they'd actually get the value out of it. And he's also like 23. So you're getting a really talented young forward. This is kind of the interesting thing is where you're wondering if a Pierre Dubois plus like a really good prospect or something might be uh, a trade package you could swing for him. Now, I don't really think that this is terribly realistic. Uh, I'm sure New Jersey would ask the world for Brat, and it's fair, right? You're looking for uh, a really good return if you can't sign him, but I think their most likely outcome is to get him um, extended to a long-term contract. I think Brat enjoys playing for the Devils, and so long as he just gets paid a, a pretty hefty chunk, you know, I think he can't really be too upset with that. So in a dream scenario, Brat comes to the uh, the Jets, but without making a pretty large trade package, uh, probably not going to be a probably not going to be the kind of acquisition we can expect anytime soon. Another player who I think might be asking for a decent sum of it, you know, a decent sum of cash, but might not really be worth it, uh, is Martin Nietzsche. Unlike Brat, Nietzsche doesn't really have the kind of track record of success that I would think you would want to be committing a lot of term and money to. I think like a two or three year show me deal is probably more in the wheelhouse of what I'd be offering him. The thing with Nietzsche, though, is that, you know, there are questions about his ability to be a play driver. Is he really more than just a guy who can collect points and kind of call it a day? Or is he actually somebody capable of being one of the league's top creators? At times, he has shown that he is a very good player around the, the slot area. He has great vision in passing, a pretty nasty shot, and he can be elusive in space. But, you know, in terms of consistency, 
it's really not been there. And there are some serious questions about about his ability to be a positive influence at either end of the ice. So Nietzsche's for me is the kind of player the Jets might be after if they were trying to trade Dubois to like a Carolina Hurricanes team looking for a rental. And, you know, Nietzsche's would be the prospect offered back. I kind of put him in like that Suzuki category, although I would still say Suzuki is probably the much better player at this stage. And even then Suzuki for me is kind of not really somebody I'm I'm super interested in, especially with that contract he's got. But if Nietzsche's kind of rounds into form at some point and actually recovers to where he is a really good NHLer, I could see it being a worthy risk. I just don't know if this is the kind of punt the Jets can really afford to take, especially with them having to be a little bit careful about their cap allocations and salary. So Nietzsche's for me, uh, not super in love with, but, you know, an okay player. Now, the last one I, I'm looking at is a guy that um, I would probably avoid chasing just because he doesn't really solve Winnipeg's immediate defensive problems. But if you're interested in taking a gamble and you think that there's a trade package that works for both the Leafs and the Jets, Rosmus Sandin is a very intriguing option. I think Sandin for me is probably not the kind of guy that I'd go after because, again, he is a lefty. I don't know if he has a lot of experience playing all in his offhand, but usually you do see a decline in performance for most defenders. And as good as Sandin is, I do think he'll probably be expensive. And the other problem with him is that he doesn't really have a long track record. He's got like one season or so of being a really great top four defender, and we don't know if that's going to be something he can continue or not. My guess is he'll probably still be pretty good throughout his career, but if he's asking for like four and a half, five plus million, that's just a lot for a guy with a very limited track record of success. And despite me being somewhat interested in his skill sets, especially as a puck moving D who can be a really mobile back end QB, I just don't know if the Jets would be the best landing spot. It's a situation to keep an eye on. I do think at some point he'll probably um, get moved just because I don't think Toronto is super keen on extending him at a big cap hit. I don't even know if they can afford it at this rate. But if he does get moved, I mean, the Jets could potentially have a swap there somewhere. I don't know, again, if it's the kind that I would make personally, uh, unless they could move out somebody like, I don't know, maybe Brendan Dillon or something like that. But, you know, the Jets seem to like Dillon. I think he uh, would be you know, more preferable to staying with the Jets rather than getting traded. So Sandin, interesting, but probably in the realm of fiction for the Jets. And yeah, I mean, there's just not really many great, um, you know, free agent deed that I think the Jets can really pursue to, to fortify the back end. You know, Sandin, Klingberg, some of these names are like the top end available. Guys like Dean Kukin are already signed overseas. Kukin would have been a really nice depth ad for the Jets, but obviously... Um, I think it went to like Switzerland or something, which for Winnipeg, it's a bit of a shame that they couldn't recruit at least one of these players. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we're going to have to see what exactly running it back means with this team in just a couple of months. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Let me know if you have any free agents you want me to talk about next week or if you have any players you're just interested in investigating for a potential fit between the Jets and um, maybe another trading partner. Be sure to let me know at HLiving, local and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets uh, on Twitter or in the YouTube comments below. But again, for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While you're at it, be sure to make your second listen, Locked On NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. Stay up to date on the latest in the world of hockey, available at your fingertips for free on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Like, subscribe, and follow today. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night, and go Jets go!